I mean, we we met we met briefly at uh, Claudia Chan's uh, She Summit. I think it was about oh maybe five or six years ago, and um, you were speaking. Um, and I was just blown away. I've been following you ever since, um, mostly because you curse a lot, and I love it. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it makes me feel like I am in my in my element. I'm like, oh my god, see, she she is me. I am her. I get it. I love it. Um, <laughs> but for this podcast, I I've been following a lot of what you've been posting, um, and I just started recording because I think it's just yep 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 totally fun. Yeah. Um, I think it's so important. Uh, a lot of the things that you have been pointing out is actually a conversation that Jen and I were having this morning with someone else. Um, let's let's start by obviously introducing you. You are a uh, business consultant, uh, branding, marketing, media, a mogul. I, I mean, at, at least that's how I got to know you. You have um, cemented yourself in the media space. Um, but I know now that you're, I mean, you've been doing this for years, so this is nothing new, uh, which is what I know. But for those of you who don't know, um, what do, what exactly, how would you describe the work that you do now? Okay, so, um, so first and foremost, I'm the founder and CEO of Make Love Not Porn. Yeah. We are pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. <laughs> um, and we are the world's first and only user-generated, human-curated, social sex video platform. So kind of what Facebook would be if Facebook allowed you to socially, sexually self-express, which it sadly does not, was socializing sex, making it easier for everyone to talk about in order to promote consent, communication, good sexual values, and good sexual behavior. We call ourselves the social sex revolution. The revolutionary part is not the sex, it's the social. Yeah. However, it is enormously challenging building a sex tech startup, um, not least of which is um, I struggle to find investors and funding. And so I'm not able to pay myself a living wage out of my own business. And so I support myself alongside it by doing paid consultancy and public speaking. Got it. And um, I bring to that a very specific approach, which is I consult and speak for clients and brands who want to change the game in their particular sector. So you come to me for radical, innovative, groundbreaking, transformative. I don't do status quo. And so I like to sum up my consultancy approach as I like to blow shit up. I am the Michael Bay of business. I love it. That's the first thing I saw and I was like, I'm hooked. <laughs> so, um, and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation, and I'm so grateful for you saying yes to this, because I think that something really interesting is happening uh, with the shift that obviously we are seeing with how brands are communicating, how businesses are talking about the current state of the world, which is not new. Like, we know this has been happening for years. We're just talking about it more openly than we had been in years, right? Um, and we're navigating the discomfort that, you know, a lot of people have feeling, uh, are feeling, have felt, um, you know, and in a sense, um, there is this, and, and Jen and I just literally texted about it, like, here's another one, like getting on the bandwagon. It's like, how, like, how do you even begin to, as a business, as a brand, um, 
address this issue. Like it's, we have to talk about it because if you don't talk about it, then you're perceived as being silent. Um, but, you know, I read a post that you shared, you know, um, that you shouldn't say anything until you actually have a uh, strategy in place, right? Because then what's the point? Then you're just speaking to speak. I'll let you go ahead and, and explain that a little bit. Sure. So, um, so, uh, so first of all, just to put all of this in context, yes. um, I highly recommend that every single brand, business, company, organization looks at this moment as one of huge opportunity. Because um, basically, you know, the events of 2020, mm -hmm. first the pandemic, and now the global Black Lives Matter movement are ensuring the world will never be the same again. 100%. And that is a very good thing, especially for those of us who are never the status quo to begin with. Because <laughs> it is only when everything breaks down this utterly and completely that new ways of doing things, new models, are finally unable to emerge in a way they never would have done otherwise. And, you know, I have to tell you, as you acknowledged, um, you know, I've been speaking out for mm -hmm. um, gender equality, diversity, and inclusion for literally decades. I know. <laughs> and, and I've been interviewed about, about it for yeah, decades. Yeah. And, and, and there's a set routine in these interviews that always happens. So the interviewer, the reporter, will say something like, um, so Cindy, do you see change happening on this front in this industry, whatever the industry is? And I will say, no. And they're like, oh, 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 why is that? And I'll go, because at the top of this and every industry is a closed loop of white guys talking to white guys, but other white guys. And I'll expand on that. And then the reporter will say, so Cindy, what do you think in that case will actually make change happen the way you want to see it happen. Mm -hmm. And I've been saying, again, for literally decades, I have replied to that question with, only one thing will make that change happen. Complete, total, utter fucking disaster. <laughs> and now we have it. We have it. Oh, what? And it's, it's here, it's, it's here. here. It's here, yeah. it's in our, so, yeah. Um, so yeah. Every, every company should see this as a huge opportunity. Then, um, you know, what I've been, and again, I've been saying this, this for years, but, but I'm especially saying it right now. Um, what you need to do right now to end racism in your company, in your organization, whatever it is, and, and, and as a byproduct of doing that, you will absolutely end racism beyond it, mm -hmm. um, is very simple. Hire, welcome, and promote black people. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Now, the action's very simple. Actually making them work as intended is not. And, and, and so I, I, will, I will go into that. But, but I just want to explain why I say the way you end racism is by hiring, welcoming, and promoting black people. Um, there are four reasons um, why doing that ends racism. The first is that when you hire and promote and pay black people, you begin equalizing the enormous pay gap for black people and you begin therefore channeling wealth into black families and black households. Um, you begin building the black economy and you begin equalizing the economy as a whole. And by the way, everything I'm saying applies to people of any color, 
Yeah. But for the purpose of this conversation, I'm going to focus yeah. on black because yeah. that, that is the issue right now. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, you know, to, um, reason number one, as I say, that is, that is how you begin channeling wealth into black households and black families and you close the wealth gap. And that is why I'm saying to companies, either do not donate money to Black Lives Matter supporting organizations, or if you are a very big company and you can afford to do this, donate that money and then donate the same amount of money um, to yourselves. Spend that money on hiring black people into your company, on promoting the black people already there, who I guarantee have been kept down without promotions for years, and by raising their pay to be the same as that of a white person doing the equivalent job. Okay, that's how you spend your money. That's reason number one. Reason number two is when you hire and welcome and promote black people at every level of the organization, you are then role modeling black people at every level of the organization as professionals. You, you are showcasing black talent yeah. aspirationally for every single black child, black person, um, to enable them to go, they can do that, I can do that too. Correct. Black role models, critically important, and, and that's again what you begin elevating when you hire and promote black talent. Um, the third reason is, um, whatever industry you are in, when you hire and promote black talent, you bring the black lens to bear on innovation in a way that is transformative for society. So, you know, to give you just one example, in my own industry, advertising, when, uh, and by the way, advertising is racist as fuck, okay? Um, <laughs> honestly, there, there is a pathetic percentage yeah. of black people in advertising. It, it's it is true. Appalling, it's, a, it, yeah. it's an appallingly racist industry. Yeah. So um, when we finally have full black representation, black talent at all levels of an agency, when you have black talent creating the ads, approving the ads, directing the ads, photographing the ads, casting the ads, producing the ads, running the ads, yeah. um, you then have um, full black representation in advertising, which uh, advertising is a massively powerful force in popular culture when it comes to transforming societal attitudes and behavior. And then the fourth reason why how you end racism is by hiring, welcoming, and promoting black talent is and, 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 and this, all of this really is the only way, okay? Unconscious bias training doesn't hack it. And by the way, way too much credit is given to unconscious. A lot of bias yeah. is conscious, you know? Yeah. Um, the way you end racism is when white people, people of any color in any organization are working on a daily basis at every level of the company with black talent, which means that every minute of every day, they're coming into contact with black talent, creativity, skills, insights, perspectives, observations, interactions, all around them um, that, that are massively enhancing their work on a daily basis. Um, when you have those professional interactions all around you, every minute of every day, that is when racism ends. So those I... are the reasons. 
<laughs> no, and I, I mean, and they're so poignant and so true. And obviously I am in the media landscape and I, you know, I own Bell Magazine. I am in advertising, marketing. Uh, however, um, and um, I mean, I acquired this publication in August of last year and it was a very conscious decision uh, to shift a lot of what we were already doing into, you know, because back then, you know, and it's still inclusion, diversity, et cetera. I am a person of color myself. So I have always had a broader spectrum of, you know, many different aspects of life instead of, and, but this industry, fashion, beauty, lifestyle has always been extremely unforgiving. It is very filtered. Um, you mentioned it being obviously very racist. We're seeing how there are a lot of like, um, you know, stones being turned in the media world today. Oh, yeah. How oh, yeah. A Absolutely. lot of publications are like being right now ousted and people yeah. and editors coming out, which is sad because um, number one, I can understand the unfairness to a lot of professionals who are just trying to do their job, uh, trying to receive. But I also feel like, you know, and it's a conversation that we've had extensively even with our team, you know, the injustices have not just been of race. Obviously, we're keeping to that topic because that's what is um, prevalent right now. But it's also been due to gender. It's also been due to sexual orientation. It's like, there's so, yeah. All of this is intersectional. Yeah. Correct. And, and that's something that, um, you know, when um, we were just, we had a, a conversation with a, a group of uh, um, just black and white people last week. And, um, you know, I think that there's so many injustices happening in so many different aspects, period, that we need to, you just said they're all intersectional, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it is so frustrating when, um, what we're seeing is, you know, we're trying to do something about it, but we're also getting this pushback from, um, you know, the people who you are also trying to help. Um, and I don't know if you've experienced that, but I know that I, especially over the past few weeks, um, have experienced it a little bit of a, it's like, oh, now you want to <laughs> come and do something about this? But it's like, but I've been doing this all along. And it feels, um, you know, and I, I don't want to, I don't want it to fall into this, oh, but what was me? Like, now I feel like, haven't you been paying attention? But to the same, at the same token, um, is it because, you know, I am a person of color and people just weren't paying attention before? Like, I, I, I that's where I find myself in a little bit of, uh, of a pickle, if we can call it that, right? Well, again, Vanessa, I would say that, you know, now is the moment to embrace all of this as an opportunity. Of course. Um, um, and, and I say that because, um, you know, I've been um, doing some advising um, to people who are in this kind of situation right now, mm -hmm. um, either in crisis or very close to it. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I'm obviously, you know, um, it's, it's all, you know um, that that um, part of my consultancy is entirely confidential. So yeah, no, you know, for I'm sure. Not, I'm not naming names and giving specifics. But but, 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 but that but, to your but, point of confidentiality, yeah. what you're seeing is the this massive calling out. I mean, how does no. that also? Oh no 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 um, yeah. no, um, no no. The issue is not the calling out. Yeah. I am, and and let me be very clear about this. I am all for the calling out. Okay. Um. Um. The more of that, the better. Okay. Because what is coming out now, as we can see, has been allowed to fester appallingly for decades. Yes. And by the way, 
it doesn't matter. And, and, and I pay enormous tribute to the people who are brave enough to do the calling out. Yeah. Um, all that calling out and attempts to put things right now do not uh, do anything for the massive hemorrhaging of black talent, and again, intersectional, black female talent, black LGBTQ talent, black disabled talent, whatever, that has happened for um, decades, nay, centuries, yeah. um, where people have lost out on positions and careers and ambitions and money that they will never, ever make up. Yeah. So, um, so, um, so I'm, I'm all for the calling out. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the only thing, I, the reason I'm talking about confidentiality is because I'm not going to tell you who I'm advising. Oh, no, for sure. <laughs> but, um, but, but what I can tell you is that my advice in this situation is um, it doesn't matter um, what you've been doing. Just take this moment to listen and to hear. And so I'm recommending, um, and in fact, I'm recommending um, that the, those conversations are had on, on a one-to-one -one basis. So anybody being called out reaches out to the person calling out and asks for a one-on-one, -on -one, um, you know, to, um, equally um, with employees within your organization, as many, you know, if you spend the next two weeks doing one-on-ones, that's, that's still not enough time. So, so t take that time over. And in those conversations, say, I'm here to listen and listen. Mm -hmm. And do not get defensive. Yeah. And do not be tempted to go, oh, but what I really meant was, or yeah. oh, but I, you know, uh, strike all that from the record. Embrace this as an opportunity to listen, take everything on board. Um, at the end of the conversation, thank them. And, and by the way, thank them for their courage in being this yeah. brave and say, you are going to absorb all of that and then you will come back to them with your next action. You do not have to answer in the moment. You need to really take it away and, and sit with it. And, and you know, um, because, you know, I am both obviously, you know, somebody who believes in doing what's right, but I'm also a hard-headed, pragmatic businesswoman. <laughs> I guarantee you that out of every one of those conversations come things that will make your business better. Oh, 100%. Guaranteed. And I, and I, I, and maybe because I've lived in the space of, you know, entrepreneurship for such a long time where I have always lived in that. I don't, you know, like that constant up and down, up and down and opportunities here and opportunities there, but also because I have confronted my own um, personal, you know, um, discrimination, whether it was because I was a woman or whether it was because I was a Latina woman or whatever the case may be. And because I've been in those shoes, I can also be, um, you know, a, a bit more empathetic than maybe other people on my team can be to the situation. So I get it. I understand it. Um, but I also want to be, continue to be part of the solution. And um, I think what you're saying is so important that um, it is indeed an opportunity and it's, it's an opportunity. And, but I guess my point is that in the effort for a lot of companies to not feel like they're doing their part, they're also jumping into um, these actions yep. without having properly, yep. you know, vetted the situation is my yep. point, I guess. Yep. No, um, no, absolutely. Because, you know, to, um, what I'm saying to companies right now, because I'm absolutely being asked this question about, um, you know, um, we should say something because if we don't, you know, and, and, um, and uh, what I say to them is, you know, and, and this is a fundamental principle of mine that I talk about all the time anyway in business. I'm all about communication through demonstration. 
And what I mean by that is, um, I'll give you an example that I use um, when I'm doing public speaking. You know, to, um, you know, I'll say to the audience, um, you know, to, um, back in the day, in person, these days on Zoom, you know, and, and so I'll say to the audience, what I mean by communication through demonstration is, you know, you've just met me. Imagine that I introduce myself to you now by saying, hi, I'm Cindy Gallup, and by the way, I am screamingly hysterically funny. <laughs> Honestly, I'm a total comedian. Trust me, when I begin telling jokes, you're going to be rolling in the aisles. I bet you're sitting there going, well, I'll be the judge of that, thank you very much. <laughs> well, whereas if I come out and I tell a joke and you laugh, you think, hey, she's pretty funny. Yeah. That's communication through demonstration. Don't it. say it, be it, do it, and do it. And do it. And so, we'll talk about uh, it, be about it. Uh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, so, and so what I'm saying to companies is, no, um, you know, don't say anything. Um, do it instead. Because the great thing is when you do it, other people say it for you. Correct. You know, and so, you know, I was, so advising, I, was advising, <laughs> I was advising one company where, you know, uh, um, you know, someone has called them out. And, you know, I recommended, you know, reach out to that person immediately, ask for a one-on-one -on -one between the CEO and, you know, mm -hmm. the CEO, and, and absolutely do not tell anybody publicly what you're doing. I mean, this call out um, was on social media, it was very public. Um, you know, the temptation is obviously to go, we have reached out, you know, don't do that. So, yeah. And the reason you don't do that is because A, do not be performative about this at all. But B, when you have this conversation, that person is going to tell the world you had it. You don't need to tell anybody. They will. Um, and, and so what you did, which was the right thing, will absolutely come out, but it'll come out in the right kind of way. You know, right. so, so, so that's the principle. Communication through demonstration. I love that because I think that where, um, especially in this media world, is that you know you're you're in such a rush to get the information out there and to be the first one to put it out or to be the first one to kind of add your voice to the whatever. Um, you know, it's really um, most effective to cut through the noise and really to be have more of an impact um, by literally acting and doing which mm -hmm. is you know i don't because i i don't want to ever um sound um boastful and or you know but it you know we, we and i when i mean we we as a company it has been so um just on a daily basis you know uh you know one of the questions and i mentioned this before in our panel discussion last week was you know how often do you think about race and i i the answer was we think about it every second every piece Ooh. of content that we put out um we are okay how is this best serving our readers is this communicating not just to you know one demographic but you know to the general population are we highlighting you know different cultures different races different genders um you know what are how are how is this being received properly and i think that you know obviously we can always do more uh which is you know where i think where i find am finding myself is you know what more can we continue to do because this has been um an our narrative from the moment that i took over last year is just because you know we need to be of service to everyone not just one you know or the or the the or the trend or what you know it's 
we communicate to men and women um, of different ages and, and sizes, especially, and we need, we need to be uh, conducive to their representation, period, across all boards. So, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I just want to respond to that, if that's okay. Yeah. Of course, sure. I would like to, um, you know, I would like to encourage you and, and mm -hmm. actually everybody working in media to yeah. think about this in a different way, okay? Yeah. Um, because... Uh, um, so, um, Cindy yes. calling me out. No problem. I got you. I can take it. <laughs> I can take it. <laughs> um, so, you, know, um, uh, you know, again, this is something I've been saying for decades. Um, yeah. You know, I I'm, I'm not a fan of the word diversity because for okay. me, it's not about diversity, it's about humanity. Yeah. What we mean when we talk about diversity, you know, all we're talking about is reflecting the world as it really is. Yes. And in order to reflect the world as it really is, your team has to reflect the world as it really is, so you can sell to the world as it really is. And so, you know, what I encourage, uh, and, and especially now, what, what I especially encourage media organizations to think about is, you know, for too long, too many media brands um, have been thinking exactly where you are, which is, oh my God, gotta make sure that we reach all of these different groups and, you know, and mm -hmm. when actually, you know, your team is made up of those different groups. You don't have to think about that at all. Yeah. Um, you know, to, um, when you are, and, and you know, to, um, let's um, let's talk about it as um, uh, you know the population of the United States of America. You know, to, if you think about the, the various percentages, or you know, I think it's fifteen percent for African American. If your team is fifty percent African American, you know, um, you know, to, um, whatever percentage is, you know, to, um, Hispanic, you know. Um, then you no longer have to even think about how anything is coming across. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I, I would encourage, um, this, this again is why I say the answer is to hire, welcome and promote yes. um, all-inclusive talent. Yeah. Because then you can just let them write about whatever they want Correct. and you have a media property that lands everywhere. Correct. And, um, and you, you know, I'll give you, I'll give an example, I'll give you two examples of what I mean. Um, the first is, you know, to, um, as you mentioned, we've been seeing a number of falls from grace um, mm. in, in the media um, uh, industry over the past couple of weeks. Um, one of whom is Leandra Medine, um, the founder of Man Repeller. You know, the, the, the fashion, what well, started the fashion blog and then became a whole property. And, yeah. you know, a number of her employees and ex-employees have called Man Repeller out for racism and for basically um, creating a culture where only white women thrived and you know so on and so forth that's all playing out but she has now stepped down as the you know to editor-in-chief and CEO. Um, but when I bring her up just because um, the success of Man Repeller was driven by her because she had a very unique and distinctive vision of the fashion she was into, how she wanted to dress, um, and, you know, especially back in, because she began uh, Man Repeller in the very early days of fashion and style blogging, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was her unique perspective, her unique styling, her individuality, and also, by the way, um, her very um, compelling style of writing, you know, to, um, specific to her, that actually powered Man Repeller's growth. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm using her just to say, imagine, um, you know, letting that uniqueness of vision originality loose in black talent, you know, Latina talent, mm -hmm. um, Asian talent, you know, wh wh whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, 
um, all of a sudden, um, you break through the ridiculous homogeneity of a white dominated media industry that does set, you know, standards and conventions in a way that yeah. we're all impacted by, even if we think we're not, you know, yeah. um, you, you cut through that um, with, you know, it, it's why I always say, um, you know, to, um, I, um, I get very annoyed when, when people call the old reaction to, oh, diversity is great, but we can't lower the bar. And I go, diversity rate is a fucking bar. Oh you know, um, the, bar, the bar is set so low, defined by white men and white women and white culture. Yeah. We have not even begun to see how high the bar can be yes. when it's set by the talent of the rest of us. You know? of course. And, um, and so, you know, um, it isn't about, oh, are we speaking to these audiences? It's about, you know, um, embrace all of that diversity within your own team, let it loose. Yeah. to write about whatever the hell it wants, yeah. to, to, to photograph what it wants, to style what it wants, to create what it wants. Oh my God, you yeah. will have something that will land with everybody everywhere. And at the same time, will drive your business to new heights. The, um, the, the other thing, the second um, thing in response to that was, so I did this exercise, gosh, um, I think it's literally six years ago now. And I would love someone to do it now. Um, and I did it for women but I'd love someone to do it now for black talent. So six years ago, I spoke at an event, um, a live event in London for um, The Drum, which is an ad industry, yeah, media, you know, publication. Used to, used to be in print, this is back in the days when there was a print version, um, now it's wholly digital. And Gordon Young, who was the editor at the time, um, asked me while I was at this event, if I would guest edit um, the next issue of The Drum. And he said, it's very easy to you know, we ask um, creative directors to do this all the time. You identify a theme, we do all the heavy lifting, we bring the content together, you write a kind of, you know, piece at the front, you do one interview, that's it. Yeah. So I said to him, okay, I will guess that it, the next issue of the drum on three conditions. Number one, you pay me. <laughs> because they weren't paying those white male creative directors mm -hmm. because they were on gigantic corporate salaries. I went, I'm not, you pay me to do this. Of went, okay. <laughs> yeah, so they paid me. <laughs> Number two, I said, you know, I want my guest of the issue of the drum to be about the new creativity, which was a term I gave to the fact that, you know, our new digital world was driving complete reassessment of, you know, um, what you consider to be the forms of creative output that our industry, you know, creates, ways to um, evaluate and track those, ways to reward them, you have to completely rethink award schemes, you know, what kind of talent you hire, you know, etc. He said, that sounds great. I went, okay, here's the third condition. And this is the one that I want nobody to know about. <laughs> I, I, I want this condition kept completely secret between you and me and the smallest group of people who have to help execute it. But I want my guess of the issue of the drum to be on the new creativity. I want every single byline, photograph, interview, article, piece of creative work to be by and about women, and I want nobody to know. I don't want this publicized in any way at all. I want this to be the women's issue in the true sense of the word. Because that. what happens in the advertising industry when Adweek produces that once a year women's issue, mm -hmm. AdAge produces their once a year women's issue, the men in our industry take one look and go, oh, women's issue dropping the bin, not yeah. relevant to me. Yeah. I said, I want this to be the women's issue in the true sense of the word. I want it to be a fucking brilliant issue, packed with brilliant, innovative content and interviews and insights and observations 
all for women and I don't want to tell anybody. That's what we did. And I give the drum full credit, they flung themselves into, into this. So my issue of the drum, I guess that issue of the drum is I think, um, was it uh, 6th of, I, uh, I can't remember, um, it was October, I can't remember the year exactly, but mm -hmm. so the front, the front cover photograph was by a female photographer. And they said, you can write your own cover line. And so I channeled Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. The cover yes. said, the new creativity, you can live in our new world, you can die in your old one. <laughs> and, then, and, and then I did the guest editor's letter in the front. I, I did the big anchor interview, which was with my friend Phoenix Perry, who's a brilliant a female game designer. And then literally every byline was female. You know, we had a big article where um, they interviewed um, creative directors about how should we change our award schemes in the digital world. Every mm -hmm. single one was female. You know, photograph, wow. photograph, photograph, yeah. photograph. Yeah. Um, every byline. Um, I um, I had a big piece on the new creativity. I asked like six women to contribute to it. Mm -hmm. um, a, another idea I had was a piece called Queen for a Day. We asked um, a whole spectrum of junior to mid-level women mm -hmm. across the whole industry, you know, media companies, ad agencies, Nielsen, mm -hmm. what they would do if they ran their company and industry for a day. You know, great answers. Yeah. And then in the back of the drum, where they always have the creative showcase, and full credit to them because this is really hard to do. Every single piece of creative work they showcased was either by a female creative or had a female creative on the team. Yeah. And we told nobody. Oh my God. And so this comes out, and it's a fantastic issue. And everyone's going, oh my God. Of course. Great, you know, and then yeah. that year at the 3% conference, when I keynoted, yeah. I revealed what I'd done on stage. Yeah. And held up a copy of it. Um, imagine that done today by a mainstream magazine with black talent. Don't tell anybody. Because at the moment, this is what people go, oh, we're going to give over our next issue to black photographer. No, don't do that. Just put out issue magazine yeah. and have every single byline, every illustration, every cartoon, every interviewee, every person profiled, every, you know, Every piece are you, of are you taking notes, Jennifer? Because we're I'm doing like, this. I'm like Cindy, you're you're my hero right now. This is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so, so again, I go back to I'm talking about communication through demonstration. Correct. Correct. Because because also, black people are fed up to the back teeth of having to talk about racial justice. Oh, 100 percent. And yeah. and I think that's that's majorly a part of like the pushback that you know we have. Um, that I, I mean, and I, I, I say it pushback, but I don't even know. I can only imagine that, you know, here we go again, because, you know, even as um, a Latina woman and e over the past two weeks, I'm sitting here like, but, but like, this isn't new. Like, this is, this no, is not new. I'm tired of talking yeah, about no, yeah. no, exactly. And, you know, um, somebody said on Twitter the other day, I can't remember who it was, but they said, you know, don't you think that James Baldwin, and every other black artist and creator would have rather channeled their creative energies and passions into writing about what they really want to write about versus having to tackle racial fucking justice all the fucking time because that's the only way to break down the barriers that mean they cannot progress in their creative careers the way they want to. 100%. And so, and so stop asking black people to talk about racism. Give them the opportunity to channel their creativity 
and their talents to do what they really want to do, showcase that. And by the way, that is also how you end racism. Because when people are exposed to all of that talent and creativity coming from black talent on a daily basis in every media brand, in every newspaper, every magazine, you know, on every movie screen, on every network channel, in a way they're not currently, that transforms beliefs and opinions and bias. That's super powerful. And it's something that um, we will begin to work on. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, I also am all about walking the walk and not just talking the talk. And, and it really just it cements the, the steps that we need to take in the industry in general. It's not just about talking about it, but it's definitely doing something about it. Um, and it's one thing to showcase feature, but it's another completely different thing to let them do the work. And, and, and yeah, and yeah. So that's super Wow, like that. I mean, Jen and I are like, okay, the back to the door. Yeah, Cindy, <laughs> thank you. Because, you know, when they do the styling, you discover yes. new designers. 100%. When they do the reviewing, you discover new creators. You know, when, um, when they do the beauty, you discover completely new approaches. Yeah, no, and it's, and the thing is, um, in, in that, I mean, on that token, it's just such, I think people are, we've been, you know, sugarcoating, right? Uh, all of these issues for so long. And um, just back to your point of the calling out and kind of just, you know, reflecting and putting out people, um, not just people, but the issue at hand, because at the end of the day, I think that people are, it's not just about the who or the, it's just the, it's the what and the why, right? Like we've been talking about this for years and even over this weekend, I was, uh, of course, doing my own due diligence, you know, watching movies that I probably should have watched, you know, years ago. And the fact that I'm married to a white man um, also creates, you know, an, an interesting set of conversations. And, you know, he sat me down last week. He was like, you know, I was kind of resistant to the fact of systematic, like, I didn't understand it because I guess I refused to see it and I couldn't really... Um, you know, I guess equated, but when, when he's, he, there's a video that I actually want us to share that breaks it down, like what actually systematic mm. racism is, you know, for the first time, and we've been married 16 years, um, and I've spoken to him about, you know, can you believe this person said to me the, you know, said this to me today on the street, and he was like, oh my god, I can't, like, people really do that, and I'm like, yeah, dude, like, wake <laughs> up, white boy, like, just because nobody's saying it to you doesn't mean that nobody's <laughs> saying it to me, you know, and, um, but it was fascinating to, I had one of those, like, coming to Jesus moments with him, it was like, oh my god, like, you, it's been 16 years, we've been, and he got it, like, it clicked, yeah. it was like, oh my god, I understand yeah. it. But, uh, but, you know, the, the thing about um, what you've just said, and, and this is something I've been talking about for years as well, um, you know, the, the white male founders yeah. of the giant tech platforms that dominate our lives today are not the primary targets, both online and offline, of harassment, abuse, sexual assault, violence, rape, revenge porn. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they did not, and they do not, proactively design for any of those things. Yeah. Those of us who are most at risk every single day, women, yeah. black people, people of any color, LGBTQ, the disabled, we design safe spaces and safe experiences. 100%. You know, I and my team- Oh my God, I could cry for you saying that because that is just, the, that's the truth. No, <laughs> I, I, I and my team spent literally years 
concepting and designing Make Love Not Porn before we ever built it, because we knew that if we were going to invite people to do something they've never done before, socially share their real world sex, yeah. we had to think through every possible ramification of that to create a completely safe and trustworthy space. As a result, not only do we operate unlike anybody else in the so-called adult sphere, we operate unlike anybody else on the internet period. And that's why I designed Make Love Not Porn around what everybody else should design their platforms around, human curation. Yeah. You know, our curators watch every single video submitted from beginning to end before we publish it. Um, our reviewers, uh, our, our, our curators review every single comment before we publish it. You know, we review, um, members can post photos, illustrations, text on their profiles. We review every single post before we publish it. Yeah. Um, and that is how we guarantee a platform that showcases nothing but love, 100%. celebrates nothing but love, has a community that is all about nothing but love, because we designed it to be like that. It is entirely possible. You know, the levels of hatred and racism and violence and aggression and sexism that we are seeing on every other tech platform, they're there because white men don't get it, have never gotten it because they never had to. Hopefully now, like your husband, that's yeah. our starting to get it. Yeah. But, but in the meantime, they designed the world to be for them and yeah. the rest of us are suffering the consequences. And 100%. that is another reason why, you know, if you want to reflect the world as it really is, it's gotta be designed by the world as it really is. As it really is. That's so, oh my God. And like, oh my God. Drop the mic, Cindy. I told you she was that, she was, she was something else. And that is so incredibly powerful because even, you know, when you, I mean, and he'll kill me if he hears this, but that's just because he doesn't like to put himself on social platforms or anything of that nature, just because he's very private in that way. But, um, you know, obviously when he picked me to be his partner in life, I knew that he wasn't, you know, but I just think that now, specifically now in this time, you know, things, issues that I would bring up to him, um, just now he's like, oh, I, I get it oh, I now understand when you said that you were at the airport and you had to take your, um, you know, our kids, our son's ba uh, birth certificate out to prove that he was yours because you didn't look like him and you were, um, you know, it's been many times when we were at, you know, parks where I'm like the one that's being <laughs> racially, like they're, they're going forward and I'm held back to be, you know, um, patted down. And I'm, and I'm, I'm literally Disney World last year. I was like, uh, okay, why? In every park, I'm like, why me? what, what, what's happening, you know, um, but it's, it's the truth, and he, he just said, he's like, oh, you know, it's just a safety measure, and I'm like, yeah, but me, why not you? <laughs> you yeah. look more yeah. medicine than I do. <laughs> no, 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 exactly, and, you know, in my case, and I say this for your audience's benefit, because it, it may not be immediately apparent, but, you know, um, I'm half Chinese, Yeah. and, you know, I grew up in Asia, um, where, you know, um, racism was one of the, you know, defining, you know, um, threads of my childhood because to the whites, I wasn't white and to the Chinese, I wasn't Chinese. You know, I kind Correct. of both, both sides, yeah. basically. I got a little yeah. bit of that too. When I was younger, it was like, I'm, I wasn't black, but I wasn't white. So it was kind of like that in between situation yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. But, but, but this, this is also why, you know, um, you know, I, I find it rather ridiculous that, um, people don't want to be called a racist, okay? Because everybody's racist. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm racist. You know, I'm never going to say I'm not racist because even though I try very hard not to be, I know that I've absolutely had wired into my brain what we all have because of the socio-cultural dynamics around us woven into everything that we all grew up with. We are all racist. Yeah. And so the best we can do is do everything we can not to be and to end racism. But, but to kind of go, oh, I'm, I'm not a racist. That's yeah. not true of yeah. anybody. We're yeah. all racist. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Cindy, you have been... <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> no, and, and here's the thing. I wanted um, to bring someone on who obviously didn't have, um, you know, that wouldn't be fearful or would have the courage to actually speak to this topic because I think that's what we, you know, to your point before, uh, commending people who are coming out and calling other people out, it takes a level of bravery and courage to do that. But to have these conversations also um, and no longer give a shit about what anybody may be thinking in the sense that, um, you know, I'm, are people going to think that I'm professional or unprofessional or am I addressing this in a way? It's at the end of the day, you know, you said something very poignant, which is what I have spoken to my team about, um, especially now is, you know, at the end of the day, what we need to be showcasing is humanity. And it's so funny when you mentioned it, um, we came up with a campaign um, two weeks ago called Be Human. And our intention with that is just to showcase, um, you know, stories from, first of all, from my team members, because I encourage everyone, you know, speak about, you know, a moment. I have a, uh, one of my uh, GLAM team members that uh, is covered in tattoos. And, you know, one of the things that she has always told, she's like, you know, I get hate from people because they mm. think that I, you know, look different mm. or because, mm. and, it's, and it's an injustice in the sense that, you know, people are already making up ideas of who you are yeah, based on yeah. what you look. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily a race thing, it's just an appearance thing, right? And just as you mentioned, we all have biases in different ways of form yeah. because they've just been embedded in, in our culture. Yeah. Um, so I get that. Um, what would you say, I mean, you've, you've obviously spoken to what, what we can do as businesses and companies, but you know, I always say that it starts with us first. Like what would be one thing that an individual could do right now to be part of this, um, you know, to take this as an opportunity to be an agent of change, what, what would be like one thing that they could do right um, now? Uh, uh, honestly, you know, it comes down to the same thing. Um, I would say as an individual, um, get a black person hired somewhere, get a black person promoted somewhere. Okay, so, so, so literally, I mean by that, you know, if you are working a company currently, you know, and there is, you know, um, a black colleague, um, who has not been promoted as they should, or who deserves a payment, you know, go and be their champion. Go and argue for them. If you are working somewhere where there is a job opening, get a black person hired to fill it. You know, to, um, literally, you know, um, bringing the conversation full circle, I said at the start of this, the way we end racism is by hiring, welcoming, and promoting black talent. And by the way, the reason I say those three things is because there's an awful lot packed into the welcoming bit. Yeah. Okay. It is not enough to hire. And in fact, even before you hire, you have to redesign a ton of things about you know, how you write your job descriptions. You have to completely re reconceive your interview processes. You, know, you, you actually need to redesign your internal environment in order to make black talent feel that this is somewhere that they, they would really thrive. But yeah. you know, the, re the reason I keep saying that is because that is really what it boils down to. The best thing companies can do, the best thing individuals can do, is get black talent hired, welcome, and promoted because then everything else happens. 
That's amazing. And I'm not, I don't think there's, we need to say anything else because that is, I mean, Except you have for been. When can you come back and do this again? Because <laughs> we can keep well, having this conversation. I think that when we are able to do, um, you know, actual input, because you're in the city, you're in New York. Yeah, yeah. Correct? Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I mean, it's just, obviously, you know, one of the things that I've always wanted to continue to do is host more events and um, to continue to have these conversations. So hopefully when we are uh, back to our new normal, because it's not going to be, <laughs> Yep. the same uh but whatever we're able to do you know i would love to bring you back and i love that um idea that you gave about the public i mean it's just so it seems so simple but it's not and mm. it's necessary because then you're really um just responding to the demand uh, of the opportunities that are out there and just mm. let it, letting them be filled by who needs to fill them so um that's really important oh my god Cindy, thank you.